Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, a ministry of Faith Covenant Church. We are so excited to have you today as we talk about all things related to the Kingdom of God. Hello and welcome back for another session with Debbie Friley, my friend. We are doing um, a collective of different conversations about talking points from the Freedom Workshop. The goal of these conversations, we pray that your heart is being encouraged in practical and supernatural ways to walk with God so that you can find freedom. And so our topic today is holy boot camps. Debbie Friley, how would you describe what a holy boot camp is and why God allows it? Well, my favorite thing to say about that is that God is not a cruel commander and he does not put you on the front line with taking you through a holy boot camp first. Just in comparison, some uh, platoons that are being trained, the guy the guy that's the head of the platoon, he just cannot get over that wall. And so is his commander going to say, oh, you know, that's okay. You can skip that part. Not a problem. Uh, and then when it's time to go out with his troops, guess what? To get away from the enemy, they have to get over this wall and they're all dead and killed. And so that's why I say it's only a cruel commander that doesn't let you go through this holy boot camp so that you can be trained and strengthened. Um, somebody that's working out. Um, it is painful. If you ever go to the gym and you haven't been there in a while, it's painful and you don't want to go back. Yeah. And it, it would just be easy to quit. But if you have a coach, which is always helpful for people, then, you know, it helps you get through that. And that's what that commander is. And so God, when he allows us to go through things, um, you know, we just want out of it. We don't want any pain. We don't want any suffering. I mean, who who would volunteer for that? And yet, God speaks about this in his word, which I'll get to in a minute. Well, I can't help but when you said that we don't want any pain, have you ever seen the Francis Chan video where he says how Christians want to, to die? And he's standing up and he's like, I just want to lay down. I want to be comfortable. And he lays down and it's this very slow process. I want to close my eyes and I just want to I just want to fade into heaven as I'm sleeping. Like that's the picture of what we want. That is the opposite right. of a freedom or of a holy boot camp, though. Right. Because of the relationship comes right in yes. these hard things. That's right. So I mean, you all know that anytime you go through something difficult and you're with a friend or you're going through with a team of people or whatever, everybody gets closer. And I doubt anybody listening here has never had that kind of an experience. Mm. Not that you enjoyed the process or the journey of it, because nobody's going to say, oh, I enjoy pain. I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like conflict. I mean, I like conflict. I mean, nobody's going to say that because we don't. But then you go to the scriptures and, you know, in our Freedom Workshop booklet, we have three or four pages of all scripture about trials, tribulations, and suffering. And I know that when I'm in the middle of something, I often like to go and just read all those verses. You can just look them up online as well, or you can go to your concordance in your Bible, however you want to do it. But the Bible's clear that, you know, dear friends, 1 Peter 4, 12 through 14, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials are meant to make you partners with Christ in his suffering. 
Well, first of all, I'm always surprised when I'm going through these trials. They blindside me, and I'm not very glad. But I've learned that if I will stay in the eye of the storm, and how do you do that? It's by not listening to those other voices. If you listen to any other voice but God's, you will not stay in the eye of the storm. No, it's not happening. And so, um, you know, God was, I want to go to Job. Um, We've talked about this before, but... You know, Job was definitely in a holy boot camp, without a doubt. Um, If you haven't ever read the book of Job, you probably should go read it because you may not understand what I'm saying here. But again, God asked Satan, hey, have you considered my servant Job? But Job uh, was probably wondering, what is going on here, right? Just like we would be wondering. Then Satan starts asking permission well can i do this and i can and god's like well you can do this but you can't do that so one thing we know about god is that everything's father filtered whatever he has planned for the big picture is is all led by his spirit he will take you through it the psalms are full of conversations that david's having with god he's very confused he's asking god to sick those guys and take care of them and get rid of them and all kinds of things that he is going through in his holy boot camps that he's involved in. Some are self-inflicted. Some are just things that God is allowing. But the bottom line is, is that there's always purpose to your pain because God is going to refine us through life's journey. John 3.30 says, I must decrease, he must increase. Now, you can try to learn how to decrease yourself, but you might as well just let God do it because he does a better job, and he is very um, specific and intentional the way he does that. Um, A holy boot camp is a place that you don't enjoy. You can tell God you don't enjoy being there. You can be honest with God about it, but you know what? Go with it. Don't fight him because it just draws it out. So um, a holy boot camp is when God allows us to walk through really hard things. And sometimes it um, is because of consequences to our own sin. Sometimes we've done nothing wrong, but God is allowing us because he's teaching and training us in righteousness. Correct. correct? So with that, I love when you use the example of the obstacle course. Can you use that in relation to a holy boot camp that you're walking through? What does it look like when Debbie's having to scale a wall that maybe you're not scaling it first? Okay. Can you give us a practical? Um, so first of all, I am surprised by the fire trial and I'm blindsided by it. That's usually what happens. And um, and then I have to make a choice whether I'm going to you know, choose to be a victim about what God's allowing or I'm going to walk in the victory of that. And the way that's determined is, number one, by me choosing to go be honest with God, tell him how I'm feeling about this holy boot camp I'm in. Mm. Tell him how I'm feeling. I have to get it out. Um, You know, God referred to David as a man after his own heart. And I wonder about that because he messed up a lot. Uh, Other people maybe messed up more, but some people didn't mess up that much. But I asked God why. And... God answered me with scripture, Psalm 77, 1, because David cries out to God without holding back. Mm. And so that's what God's asking of us. Like God is a mind reader. You know, he already knows what you're feeling and thinking about what he's allowing in your life at that moment. And so I have to, first of all, go talk to him, cry out to him, tell him how I'm feeling in this holy boot camp that I'm in. 
And then as I'm doing that, instead of me choosing to become a victim and feel sorry for myself and have conversations with myself and go find as many people as I can that would feel sorry Mm -hmm. for me, which does not help my situation and actually makes it all worse. But when I go talk to God or a dear friend that understands this message and they get me to God and they walk through this whole thing with me, that is a game changer because I stay in the eye of the storm in that holy boot camp. And that's why it's called the holy boot camp because I can stay in the eye of the storm by talking to God, telling him how I'm feeling. Um, If I forget to remember and I start engaging and listening to wrong voices, guess what? There's a restart button. I can push it and I can say, God, okay, I can tell you that I am not listening to you because of the way I'm feeling. And so would you please forgive me? So I ask him to forgive me. So it's this, the, the holy boot camps are so important in our life because that is what takes us deeper with God. And ask anybody who's at the end of their holy boot camp till the next one comes, they have grown in their relationship to God. I mean, we all know that a, a pearl is a grain of sand that has been washed up and down on the shore inside the oyster all this opposition and becomes this beautiful pearl or a diamond is the same thing. It's refined by it being tossed and turned. And so it doesn't look like a diamond when it starts off. And so, you know, my goal, our goal, everybody's goal, once you understand this is that you want to glorify God while you're on the journey of being in that holy boot camp. And the, the way you do it is you cry out to him without holding back. You meet your king at the keyboard. You meet Jesus in your journal. You write it out. You talk to him. And sometimes when I'm in a momentary conversation, holy boot camp, sometimes right then while the person's talking to me, I start talking to God while they're talking to me. Yeah. And so it keeps me from being in the flesh yeah. and keeps me in the spirit because you're having a conversation with the only one who can truly right. controls right. everything. I was thinking of, I just did a podcast a few weeks ago with Josh and Melissa Page, and it's going to be coming up, and they share their story of walking through um, five miscarriages and two stillbirths. And it was a holy boot camp for mm-hmm. them, and it was over a four-year period. And to hear their story, they kept their eyes on Jesus. And what I loved was the vulnerability. It didn't mean that there wasn't pain. Right. But there was pain with hope, Mm -hmm. you know, that they were not just being left alone. Right. So audience, if you're listening and you're walking through something really hard right now, because I don't, I don't know what you're walking through, but I know the one who does Mm -hmm. and how much he cares for you. What I want to tell you is you do not have to walk as one without hope. These are tools and tips that help get us to the father. And in the midst of that relationship, he is so faithful. I was sitting here praying while you were talking, and I'm thinking, you know, um, when you taught me this message, what is a, a holy boot camp I've walked through? And I still remember when Seth was like nine or 10. Do you remember this? And he was sitting on my lap, and he had a seizure, and it began a journey. We didn't know the answer. He kept having seizures. They couldn't figure out what kind of seizure. By the time we'd get him to the hospital, it, it would be over. And, um, and I had to learn how to have conversations with the Lord because there is nothing worse than watching your child, Mm. holding them in your arms and watching them and they're scared and they're terrified and they're wanting you to fix that. Can I tell you that I found freedom in the midst of that? I found Mm -hmm. hope and, and that 
helped Seth walk through those things. If I had not known this message, Debbie, I would have felt like I was a victim right. to our circumstances. Right. You know, Romans 5, 5 says, hope does not disappoint. Oh. And, you know, for everybody that's listening, for me, for Mary, listen, you and I, we have to all decide either you're going to take God at his word or you're not. He said, hope does not disappoint. And who is my hope in? My hope is in the great physician. My hope is in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Um, that's why when these storms come, that when you're spending time in the Word of God and you're talking to Him in His Word, you're always prepared. You're always ready. I'm not saying you don't feel blindsided by something, but you've got an anchor there. You've got a foundation. You've got a rock to stand on when you're developing this relationship with Him. And he doesn't always promise to take us out of a situation, right. but he does promise to take us through. And I'm sure many of you have heard that before, but it's true. It's so powerful. Deuteronomy 33, 26 says, there is no one like the God of Israel. Mm. No one. That's what he says. He rides across the heavens to help you yeah. across the skies in majestic splendor. I think that's really romantic. Yeah. And I often ask him to do that. And I believe that when I ask him, he does. Yeah. Now he's interested in timing more than he is time. And all you have to do is remember when Mary and Martha were so distraught that Lazarus had died, they'd asked Jesus to come back. He didn't come back. And we know that, that Jesus says in John 5 and John 8, he only says the things he hears the Father saying, and he only does the things he sees the Father doing. And so basically, obviously he heard he knew that Martha and Mary wanted him to come back, but he was only going to obey what his father told him to do. And so it was really hard because when he came back, Martha came out, but where was Mary? She was just discouraged and distraught. It's like, where were you? I know you. We have this personal relationship with each other. We're intimate, Jesus. Why didn't you come back? Well, I think Jesus would totally expect that response from her. And so... Jesus says to Martha, go tell Mary, the teacher wants to see you. Now, we knew that Jesus it was following the Father's direction because there was a huge audience there at the funeral that was going to happen for Lazarus. And But God knew that. So he's interested in timing rather than time in our storms, in our holy boot camps. Yeah. Wait on him. Those who wait on the Lord, uh, Isaiah 40, 31, he says... Those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. It didn't say you might gain new strength. You so will gain will. new strength. Yeah. Mount up with wings like eagles. You'll run and not get tired. You're sore and not be afraid. Mm. And so, you know, God had a purpose to everybody's pain. Yes. And what was that? That he let all those people that showed up for that funeral, yes. they got to see a miracle. Yes. God knew exactly what he was doing. So we have to begin these holy boot camps journeys with the end in mind. Because not as, God is not against us, he says in Romans 8, 31. He's for us. Because if God is for you, who could ever be against you? So he is completely love. When he lets you go through these trainings, he loves you. Because he knows what he's preparing you for. He knows what he's fine-tuning you for. I mean, how would you like to go to a dentist whose uh, <laughs> instructor said, oh, you know, I know it's really hard for you to give Novocaine shots, so that's okay. You can, we'll skip that part. Would you like to go to that dentist? No. No. And so that dentist really kind of loves himself more because he didn't want the conflict of, with, you know, the student. Yeah. And saying, well, I, I, 
you know, I really don't want to do that. But God's like, I know you don't, and you can tell me you don't, but we're doing it. Yes. Because this is what is going to make you more like me. Yeah. Less yeah. of me, more of you. So uh, 2 Corinthians three sixteen through 18 says, Now that the veil has been removed, we can be mirrors that brightly reflect the glory of the Lord. And as the Spirit of the Lord works within you, you become more and more like Him, reflecting His glory even more. And the next chapter in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, We have this treasure. I mean, don't just read these verses. Yes. We have this treasure in our earthen vessel. I mean, yeah. We have this treasure in our earthen vessel that the surpassing greatness of the power might be of God and not ourselves. And Romans 8, 11 says, the power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That is nothing short of miraculous. So he's, 2 Peter 1, 3 says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So we're fully equipped. We have no excuses Yes, we feel like a victim, but that's taken care of when you go talk to God. Yeah. Because we don't work for the victory. We work from the victory. You don't have to work for something you already have, but you do have to work at maintaining it, just like any relationship, right? So true. I'm so glad that we had this conversation today, Debbie, because the whole whole purpose of the... Um, Freedom Workshop is to really learn not only to listen to voices, but what to do with them. And so um, if you are, if you've listened to the other segments that we've already taped, you heard Debbie talk about, you know, catching that fox, catching that voice, making sure you are in Psalm 77, one, crying out to God without holding back. Oh, that God would listen. And then as you start to change the audience and talk with God, letting him do uncomfortable things in holy boot camps, climbing over the wall, and you'll fall down again and again and again. But the goal is one day we'll scale those walls, and God is preparing us for that, and he's faithful with us um, while we're in that process. So I pray that if you are listening today and you're walking through a hard time, that you took much encouragement from the Word of God, from Debbie's testimonies, from Debbie's teaching. And God, we are just asking that you would go before us and behind us and to the person listening that is walking through a very hard situation. God, would you just make yourself so known to them in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Debbie, for coming and being a part of these mm -hmm. segments. What a blessing it is to be able to sit with my friend who not only did you pour into me and teach this, but you've continued to walk the walk because you can't just learn it and, and walk away. No. You have to practice it imperfectly right. over and over. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Conversations. We look forward to you joining us next week.